Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'm so blessed to spend time with you in this teaching, and I believe that you are hungry to know the truth of God. In this series of teaching. I talk about the function and the activity of women in the local church. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn from your scriptures and the teaching of the Holy Spirit in our heart, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to open our spiritual eyes to see the light of God's truth. Help us to understand, Father. The way of heaven, and we surrender to you. We submit to you. We want to change. We want you to renew our mind by your word, Father. We come to you with a humble heart in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I would like to continue to talk about the controversy of a woman's place in the local church. I have taught. A few lessons already, and this will be the last one concerning the controversy about the place of woman in the church. Throughout the years, this controversy has revolved around culture, tradition, and of course the interpretation of the book First Timothy, chapter two, verses five to twelve. Culture and tradition. Have been commonly used, although not admitted, in the interpretation of this portion of Scripture, as well as others, to the conclusion of Bible truth. Culture changes from time to time, country to country, people to people. Why tradition does the same thing? As a result, divisions. Happen in the body of Christ because of the different doctrines and different ways of practice. According to the rules of hermeneutics, culture and tradition are not sound basis of the interpretation of Scripture. To the contrary, Scripture must interpret Scripture. In other words, we interpret Scripture to come out as a doctrine by looking at the context. Of the whole Bible of other Scripture, there are four rules which must be considered in the interpretation of each Scripture or each passage of the Scripture. Rule number one: Scripture, long or short, must be interpreted within the confines of the setting in which it was found. Rule number two: Scripture. Must be interpreted within the confines of the book in which it is found. Rule number three: Scripture must be interpreted within the confines of the testament in which it is found. Rule number four: Scripture must be interpreted within the confines of the whole Bible. 
These four rules tell us that we are not at liberty to take a scripture or a verse out of context and interpret it in light of culture, tradition, our bias, our prejudices, or our experiences. To take the word of God out of the context of these four rules, it means we corrupt. The truth of the word. We should not interpret the Bible out of the context of each chapter, each book, testament, and the whole Bible. We need to understand that if we come up with a doctrine that cancel other doctrines in the Bible, that doctrine may be wrong. Truth must balance truth. The whole word of God must be involved in. Any doctrine, all the doctrines must flow together in unity. Another thing that we have to be careful is that when people say that truth come from the Old Testament, therefore we should not accept it. That comment is wrong because a doctrine come from the Old Testament, we can still accept it. For example, musical instruments was used in the Old Testament. And now in the New Testament, we can still use the musical instrument in praise and worship. The Bible never say that we should cancel praise and worship by using musical instruments. We use both the Old Testament and New Testament as a basis for interpretation of the Bible, and the basis for developing or coming up with a doctrine. Something in the Old Testament has been fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the doctrine will be related to the fulfillment of the Old Testament by the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you one example: tithing is in the Old Testament, and tithing is in the New Testament. Jesus talk about tithing as well, so we cannot cancel the doctrine of tithing and offering and giving. We have to be honest with the scripture. When we study the Bible, we can see one thing. One of the principle about God using woman or not. We need to understand that we have to look at throughout the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God did use woman in the Old Testament time. Miriam was a Prophetess, Deborah was a judge and a prophetess. Abigail was used by God to admonish David, the future king of Israel, so that David would not sin against God. And David took her advice. God used Huda, the prophetess, as well. She is a woman. Esther was used by God. To save the nation of Israel in her generation, there are many other women whom God raised up to minister to God's people. The principle of God do not change. Malachi chapter three verse six say, "For I am the Lord; I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob." 
God's principle have never been changed, but His methods may change. One great unchanging principle of God is this: God uses people to carry out His purposes in every generation. People consist of male and female. He uses whomever will be ever used. God did not change that with the coming of the New Testament or when the church was born. However, He did confirm the principle on the day of Pentecost. He poured out His Spirit on approximately 120 disciples, men and women. And when the Holy Ghost was given to these disciples, men and women, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, men and women. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them. Both men and women could be used by God. God can use both men and women in the New Testament as well. God used women to bring the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to his disciple. Again, God can still use women. In Acts chapter 18, we find Aquila and Priscilla ministering to Apollos. Priscilla was a woman. She was a wife of Aquila. Acts chapter 21, 8 to 9. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. You can see here in the early church time, these four women, daughters of the servant of God, were ministering as prophetess in that generation. Again, God could use women to serve either in the area of leadership or in any ministry in the church. He did not discriminate women in the church. Let us now look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, 5 to 12, concerning the function of women in the local church. And let us use the four rules of interpretation of the scripture. In this episode, okay, I'm going to start from the setting of this passage, New Testament, Old Testament, and the whole Bible. In this episode, 1 Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy, who was at Ephesus. He wrote to Timothy concerning many of the problems within that assembly. Paul then was writing this letter within the confines of the Ephesian church only, the setting of that particular congregation. That church was composed of people who live in the heathenism environment. They were worshippers of the great goddess named Diana. Before they became believers, they were worshipping Diana, the goddess of that city. Let me read Acts 19.28. Now, when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana 
of the Ephesians. Diana was a female god or goddess who elevated the status of woman in that city. She was a symbol of woman's liberation. In other words, this idea from Diana is that woman can be above man, and they don't have to submit to any man. They can be God themselves. In this heathen society, Paul came to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and continued there for the period of approximately two years, teaching and admonishing so that all those in Asia heard the word of God. Paul found that female preeminence prevailed in Ephesus. So after he had left that area, he wrote a letter to Timothy addressing this problem of woman liberation. Let me explain to you. I'm not against women. Don't take me wrong. But we need to be careful because in that particular society, in that particular church, women can chow in a church, exercise authority, and did not respect the husband because of the teaching from the goddess Diana. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, 5-12, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all and to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided of hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women, professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. A lot of people interpreted this part of the scripture that women have to keep quiet, being silenced, cannot teach, cannot be a leader in the church because of this scripture. But actually, this scripture was were written directly to only that congregation. If you look at other parts of the Bible, it's not so at all. Women can serve God. Women can be leaders in the body of Christ. The directive was not to the church generally or to the whole world, but to only Timothy at Ephesus concerning the problem of woman liberation. In other words, women can show off, can be above man, can yell, can shout in the church, and lack respect of other people. Paul was not denouncing women participating in leadership or serving the Lord, but 
rather that the woman should not exercise religious power in a wrong way. In a wrong way, Paul required that due to the local situation, the Ephesian woman were not to teach or exercise authority over the men, since they were infected by the cultural outlook, come from the goddess Diana. Paul's words by the Spirit of God did not refer to woman in general per se. In fact, when you read the book of Romans, chapter 16, you will find out that Paul commended or praised many co-workers who were women in that generation. Romans chapter 16, verse 1, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in St. Crea. Romans chapter 16, 3 to 4, Greet Priscilla. Priscilla was a woman in that generation. And Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Romans chapter 16, verse 6. Greet Mary, who labor much for us. Romans chapter 16, verse 12. Greet Tryphina and Tryphosa, who have labor in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labor much in the Lord. Verse 15, Romans 16, 15. Greet Philocus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. After you read all this scripture, you notice that Paul was not anti-feminist. Paul was not against women at all. We should consider his own episode of some of the women he was associated with in the ministry. Again, in the book of Romans, in his closing remarks, he sent greetings to no less than eight women in the church. He commended Phoebe, a woman or a sister or a servant of the church whom he held in high esteem. He greeted Priscilla, the wife of Aquila. They were dear to Paul. They had labored in the ministry with Paul. Paul commended certain women named Mary, Priscilla, Tryphina, Tryphosa, who had labored in the Lord. He greeted beloved Persis, who had labored much in the Lord. Paul mentioned the name of two other women without comment, Julia and the sister of Nereus in verse 15. Some of the misunderstanding concerning a woman's place in the church stems from the word submit in chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians. The word submit. Again, First Timothy say, shut your mouth, don't talk. You submit to the man. That is a particular setting in that church with the wrong idea from Goddess Diana. Paul was writing at that time to the body of Christ in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 5. And let's look at it. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul admonished the church 
in Ephesus to submit to one another. One another, men submit to women, and women submit to men, in the fear of the Lord. Paul was not referring to a power struggle of authority. You are under me. I am the elder. I am the leader. You must submit under me. He was not suggesting that the elder be coerced by the youth. And on the opposite side, he was not telling us that the elder must force authority or exercise authority or lord it over the young people. The word here, the word submit here, means to harmonize. Let me explain to you the word harmonize in the context of a singing choir. In a singing choir, there are many voices, there are many members, and all these members of the choir must learn to harmonize one with the other. They must listen to the other voices and harmonize their voices with them. In a choir, you are under the direction of the conductor or the choir master. Your voice joins with others in order to produce beautiful sound and beautiful music. Harmony is the essence if we are to have an acceptable sound and music. And everyone has to follow the leading of the conductor. Not only that, the words they sing are provided to them No one sings her or his own words. If that happened, there would be a chaotic thing in the choir. Everyone sing their own word. You can see the word harmony. We flow together in voice, in the rhyming or the words of the song, and everybody follow the leading of the conductor. Flow together in unity. Submit to one another. So, in the local church or the body of Christ, we learn to harmonize under the direction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our conductor who receives the command from the Father. The Holy Spirit must have preeminence in the life of service in the church and the worship time. We are to worship God in spirit and in truth. We are to edify the body. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 3 to 5, verse 12, 15, and 19, you can see that God created us to be the body of Christ, to be the organ of the body, and we are all different, but we must harmonize with one another. Or in other words, we must submit to one another. Therefore, I make you known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. The Spirit is a conductor of the choir. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Harmonize together, living in unity, walking, moving in unity. So also is Christ. 
if the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I am not of a body," is it therefore not of the body? The answer is no. And if the ear should say, "Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? The answer is no. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? We find the same word submit in Ephesians chapter five verse twenty-two. Here in the same meaning as verse twenty-one. What is the meaning of the word submit? Harmonize, yielding to one another, so that the whole group of people can flow together in unity, producing beautiful music and beautiful ministry. In the fear of the Lord, this word is here in reference to relationship between husbands and wives. Wives harmonize with your husbands. It has no relationship to so-called lording it over by the husband, coercing, forcing the wife to do anything. It's not about power struggling. I exercise my power to tell you what to do. No, both husband and wife should not do this to one another. And the same thing, male and female members of the local church should not lord it over. One another, forcing each other, yelling at each other, but they should harmonize and submit to one another. It has to do with a wonderful, loving relationship and fellowship based on love. In Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-five, the Bible says, "Husband must love their wife, even as Christ, who loved the church, and gave himself for her." What is the wife to harmonize to? She harmonizes to the love of the husband. The husband, as the conductor, he sounds the note called love, not do re mi, not do a dear a female dear. No, he sounds the note love, 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 and the wife harmonizes to his love. He is to love his wife and give himself to her, just like Christ gave himself to the church. She harmonizes, and as she does, the atmosphere of beauty and tranquility happen in the house. That love, where the husband is to love his wife, is not of his own will or his own human carnal love. If he just exercised carnal love, we would call it lust. But his love must be of the spirit, a product of the spirit-filled life. Before Ephesians five twenty-one twenty-two, talk about wife, submit to your husband. Husbands love your wife, just like Christ loved the church and laid out his life for the church. Before that. In Ephesians five eighteen to nineteen, the Apostle Paul talk about the Holy Spirit, 
the love that comes from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18-19 say, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. In other words, both husband and wife must be filled with the Holy Spirit, worshiping God, loving God, submitting to God, following the way of God. And then the Spirit inside the husband gave him the love of God to love his wife. And his wife harmonizes to his love by flowing together in unity. They submit to one another. The same thing should happen in the local church. We should love one another by the love of the Holy Spirit. We should submit to one another. There is no such thing called lording it over in the kingdom of heaven. I am the pastor, but I'm not lording it over my members. I submit to them, and they submit to me. And we flow together in harmony. I love my wife, and I sacrifice my life for my wife. I work hard to take care of her. I would do anything to make her happy. At the same time, she harmonizes to my love, the love that the Holy Spirit has given to me. This is a church life, submitting, harmonizing, being in unity. Not that man should lord it over the woman or the woman lord it over the man in the church. But can woman serve God? Can woman can be teacher in the church, pastor, leading some group of people? Yes, according to the whole context of the Old Testament and New Testament. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. As we look at this passage in Ephesians, we are brought face to face with divine order. Divine order. God wants divine order in the church. God can use women to lead, to teach, to preach, to prophesy. God can use men to lead, to preach, to prophesy. Both of them surrender to one another, submit to one another in divine order. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 5 was written to only the church in Ephesus where the goddess Diana has been influencing to the woman in that church. It's not for universal church, that scripture. Please note the relationship of the Trinity in eternity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are co-equal and co-eternal and of the same substance. In time, when Jesus came into the world, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, is subject to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit also helped God the Son to do the work on this earth. 
they submit to one another. They work together in harmony. The relationship of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit is one of beauty and harmony. There is no inferiority. There is no grasping for authority or dominion. So it should be in the body of Christ, male and female, husband and wife. Should harmonize with one another, submit to one another, respect one another, love one another, listening to one another. Remember this: God does not have any second-class children. Woman is not a second-class children of God. They can serve, they can prophesy, they can exercise the gift of the Holy Spirit, they can use their faith, they can. Be the blessing to the church and to the kingdom of God. Men can do the same thing. Men and women of God should submit to one another and allow everybody to be the part of the body, the part that is working faithfully to build the whole body together. And that is the truth of the Bible. And we learn this truth now, in the name of Jesus. I hope it is clear to you that God can use both men and women, men and women in the church, to respect one another, submit to one another, and the Lord can use all of them as a part of one body. I believe that from now on. You will have biblical perspective and mindset of woman in the church. Please honor one another and allow everybody in the church to rise up in their giftings, in their calling, to serve the Lord in harmony. Thank you so much. I hope that you understand more now how to interpret First Timothy chapter five. Verses five to twelve, and from now on, please respect each other in the church. I hope to see you in other teachings, and may the Lord really build you up, use you, anoint you, give you grace, give you wisdom. May He use you to be the blessing to the nations. May He use you to be the blessing to the local church, and save soul and make disciples in this generation. May the Lord shower His blessing on you. May the Lord fill you with His grace and wisdom, and power, and you shall discover your gift, your calling, your position in the body of Christ. May the Lord bless you, put His hand upon you, and expand your territory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.
Thank you.